If you're playing the short-term game, you'll be getting short-term returns. Have a portfolio of options and uh, consider different pathways to that success. Hello everyone and welcome back to the World of Work podcast to the WOW. My name is Paula Granati and today we talk about redesigning careers and understanding what your game plan is. And we do that with Sergei Gorbatov, actually Dr. Sergei Gorbatov. And like many WOW guest speakers, he wears multiple hats. He is in academia and he's a professor at EA Business School Madrid. He's also a business HR leader heading up the region, the Latam region at AVI. And he's also a writer, but you will get to discover Sergei along the way throughout the conversation. And we do put a lot of focus on career management. And the reason we do that is because number one, nobody's going to do it for you. And number two, because well, careers are not as predictable as they used to be in the past. So really understanding what game you are playing, how you're playing that game. Well, the more you know how to do that, the higher the chances you will be successful at it. But let's tune into this part one of the conversation together with Sergei. Welcome, Sergei. Doctor. Welcome, Dr. Sergei. <laughs> <laughs> let's not be that official. <laughs> When we met, I was just Sergei, so I prefer to keep it that way. Uh, once Sergei, always Sergei, right? <laughs> no matter all the paths that we may take in our lives. Um, well, then welcome, Sergei, to, to the show, to the WOW, to the WOW podcast, the world of work. And today, um, a topic that's really close to both of our hearts as, you know, HR professionals that, that we are. You know the topic of career management career development and how that's also changing um in the course of these past years but also how we may see it change as well uh, in the future and remind me i think we connected again after you posted an article a very interesting article on linkedin that i think i commented um i'm not doing justice to the author neither to the source uh, but it was about um, the career downsizing, I think it was. Um, and the person was talking about the great resignation where people like post-COVID are kind of coming into um, different considerations about their lives and about their careers. Um, and, and therefore, I do think this is like the right moment. Why not to open this conversation with you as you wear multiple hats? So I have my cheat sheet here. Uh, you have your academia hat. You're a professor at IE Business School in Madrid. Um, that's in Spain. <laughs> Those may not know. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and Spain is, uh, is so great. Uh, Spain is so great. And anyone who goes to IE, you know, yes, okay, it's a top 10 business school. Yes, it's great entrepreneurship. But, you know, it has tapas and cañas and wine and clubs and, and, and it's in the <laughs> middle of Madrid. So when you compare it to another schools uh, that in, in Europe, the one that is, uh, okay, the one is by the lake, the other one is in the forest, in the woods. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's fantastic. I completely agree with you. So here's a call out to all our friends in Madrid and all our friends outside of Madrid to go visit Madrid. <laughs> um, you also wear an HR hat. So you're the director of talent management at Abvi that everybody knows. It's a Fortune 100 company. Not anymore. Right? I, I, I changed. Um, okay. Uh, about five months ago. Now I'm uh, responsible for the LATAM region. It's a, and it's a, a business HR role a generalist role for the LATAM region for our aesthetics business. That's right, LATAM. So 
hey, your Spanish is going to come in very handy. (laughs) (laughs) You're also a writer. You wrote a book called Fair Talk, right? Five Steps to Powerful Feedback. And the book uh, I co-authored with my uh, great friend and colleague and thought partner, Angela Lane. And uh, my doctorate was on the topic of personal branding. So slight, ah, you know, slightly, right. slightly different topics. But uh, yes, I dabble in writing on a, a range of things. But largely what we contribute to uh, is the thinking on careers, on leadership and culture, and anything related to performance and talent. That's right. I remember the the last time we met face to face, you were talking to me about the PhD and the personal branding uh, as you were flying across the globe from Singapore to to Europe and (laughs) taking care of that global talent management role. Exactly. And I remember. So please do excuse me. Yeah, it was um, on a different topic. But the book is on that feedback, which is also very, very critical, important. And maybe we'll have a podcast on that, too, because I think you're also a podcaster, right? Or have you... We're running a podcast called The Leverage Point. So if you look for The Leverage mm-hmm. Point on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, you'll you'll find us there. And uh, we have guests and we speak a- again on this very interesting topic. Yeah. And uh, how okay. small changes can make big impact if you find your leverage point. Well, there you go. That sounds like a perfect... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue to, <laughs> to get into the thick of things and talk about career management and um, to to the purpose of this podcast is also given the audience, which is pretty broad, uh, you know, it, it may range from professionals, HR professionals, but m- more often than not, it isn't. And I don't know about you, but what I've noticed is that quite a few people really don't know much about how to manage their careers, neither in the past nor at the present, unless so, none of us really know about the future. So let's talk a little bit about your view on how you personally have also seen, um, you know, a change in how careers are managed. And perhaps you can also walk us through some some radical changes you've been through in your own career um, and, and walk us through a little bit that 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 process. One thing that you mentioned is true. We are not taught to manage our careers. And uh, most often than not, when I start coaching people about which path to take, what to do, uh, several things that I typically hear. First, well, thank you. I never thought about that. Okay. And second, I wish I had had this conversation X years earlier. Because uh, typically, if people uh, get concerned about careers, something is not going right, and it might be even already too late for certain career paths to unfold. Because careers have seasons, and ha- and, and and there is a sweet spot for some uh, ca- mm-hmm. career steps to make. So it's important not to uh, miss those um, uh, those windows. If if I reflect on my career. I, I, I wish I, I, w- I would have had uh, a, a fairy godmother who would have told me, you know, w- which steps to make, which not to make, because I think that I've, I've made some good choices. I've made 
some bad choices. Uh, one big career decisions I had to make, I, at that point in time, I lived in South Africa in Johannesburg and I had a, a great expatriate assignment with a big company, it was a Shell, uh, the, the oil company. And I had a, a big choice to make, to uh, take a promotion and go to another expat assignment in a hardship location or move to Madrid and do my MBA. And I did the latter. And I believe that I that that was absolutely the right choice. It opened up new avenues. It gave me the network that I didn't have before. It opened up my mind. It allowed me to transition to a different industry. But what if I had stayed with Shell? What if I had had uh, stayed there because um, you know it's much easier to move and make certain decisions when you're within the organization rather than when you're an outsider and uh, and 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 then I've been always playing the long game so in, in in my career I am not going after the title per se Mm-hmm. or the greater compensation now, I am going after different experiences. And that's how I advise people to look at their careers. Don't think that up is the only way. Go after the experiences that in the long run will position you favorably against your competition. So how do you get that career edge against others? And that is if you are a better, stronger professional Mm-hmm. Not today, but three, five, ten years from now. Because well, that's very interesting, right? When you talk about that long-term uh, view and and building your career as a set of experiences, and so you you build your your toolkit, if you will, your toolbox. You put it in your knapsack, and you're getting a strong, becoming a stronger and stronger professional. I say it's interesting because. Um, Nowadays, everything seems to be so short-term focused, both in terms of how companies also, but again, happy to hear your view, in terms of how companies look into their own talent management, talent review processes. Once upon a time, when I was younger, we used to do like um, long-term career succession plans. And, And you know what? I mean, you needed to course correct, but ultimately they were pretty mid-term, long-term, they were pretty, pretty much spot on. Nowadays, what I've noticed is, you know, one to three years is already a big stab in the dark. Three to five is wishful thinking (laughs) because it's so difficult to plan ahead. So how do you see that kind of dichotomy as well? Because I think individuals suffer from a similar um, grab and go approach, meaning let me take what's here available now because you don't know what may happen tomorrow. How, how do you how do you see that uh, long term versus immediate possibility? There are individuals and there are individuals. Mm-hmm. Largely, organizations yes they sort of rescinded their obligations for career management for all of their employees, with the exception of the high potential cadre. Mm-hmm. So those uh, high potential top talents, the organizations are still doing very good job at, at, at least you know the big good companies are, go- are doing good job in succession management and developing those people because if i am in hr and uh, i'm looking for my next ceo i need to start at least 15 years earlier so um 
if I want someone to become a CEO at the age of 45, when well, then I need to look at my 30 year olds today and do the assessment and developing and giving stretch assignments and looking how well they perform. So I will be looking after those people and I will be having conversations with them on how to manage their career and when it's best to take a step down to take a career, uh, mm-hmm. to gain a career experience, when to make a lateral move or when to jump two moves up and um, when, when we're placing that big bet and providing enough support for the person not to fail. Now, uh, we're talking about this very specific segment of uh, employee population. What if you are not on those high potential lists and you need to manage your own career? If you're playing the short-term game, you'll be getting short-term returns. If that's your after, ab- absolutely, that's mm-hmm. uh, that, that can be a good strategy. Uh, but what happens after that gig is over? Let's say that you've spent your energy or you've spent your, so, you've spent your social capital on, on, on that one without preparing you for the next step. So it's very important to have the end game in mind mm-hmm. and uh, uh, have a portfolio of options and uh, consider different pathways to that success. And uh, for each of those, you would need a different development strategy and you would need a different portfolio of experiences. And uh, th- that's why it's important to uh, do both well, short term and long term. In the short term, you really need to perform, and you need to and, and you need to develop. Can you do both? And by the way, you need to enjoy what you're doing because you perform and don't enjoy. Well, that, that, that's sick. Uh, if you enjoy and don't perform, well, that's not going to last long. It's not going. I remember uh, the conversation we had. Right? I really liked what you said. Uh, you know, kind of like HR to HR conversation, but we can share it. We're amongst friends, <laughs> <laughs> which was, uh, you know, on, on the development topic. And you said something like, you know, we hire you for your skills and we fire you for your weaknesses, which is which puts uh, um, also a little bit that focus on you need to make sure you just still perform. You enjoy, but you perform well where you are and not only see it as a stepping stone to something else, because you know what? It may not work. It may not work out if you're still not fully focused and engaged as well in, in oh, totally. doing right totally. well what you are paid to do well. And, and there is so much research. I mean, uh, let, let's look at what uh, Center for Creative Leadership have done. And they've researched that if you ignore those areas of your job that you don't like, mm-hmm. you'll derail and that will get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you need to play to your strengths. But you also need to pay attention to those areas where you're not great and make sure that those don't create noise, that you're at, you're, you're at least average in that. That's why sometimes I get so frustrated uh, with people who write, oh, you need to play to your strengths, you need to follow your passion. Well, it's uh, to a point. And that's great for inspiration. But actually, if you want a sustainable career, and I, and I think that this strengths and passion is, is it, it, it's great. And uh, it will get you th- th- this far, but for sustainability, to make sure that you're a well-rounded individual, to make sure that you have a fallback plan, to make sure that um, you don't generate noise around yourself, well, you need to take care of your weaknesses and you need to do some pieces of your work that you don't enjoy and maybe hate, but they're, they're necessary. And uh, that's why developing this attitude, the long plan long game attitude is very important 
absolutely. And that is so under understood, <laughs> if that makes sense, underestimated on behalf of employees, professionals and leaders, actually, too, uh, which I think in HR, maybe we should do also a better job in how to um, better explain how careers do work in organizations. And sometimes it's not really what you want, but it's what you need that's going to help you get to the next step. And what you need, you may not like, <laughs> but you know what? You may need to have that hardship assignment um, in a country or in a culture that's radically different from yours because it's going to teach you things that otherwise you would not uh, necessarily learn, right? Um, and going back to, you know, this, this topic on how to help people um, let's say manage their careers, considering this long-term plan that we were talking about while delivering on the short-term, um, you know, uh, expectations and, and results, making sure you're also well-rounded, not making too much noise on your weaknesses, but you address the weaknesses because they may derail you at some point. Um, what else are you seeing and what advice would you, actually, first question is, what are you seeing, if any, differences between your young folks and your less young folks, your young professionals in universities um, or the upcoming generations in terms of what their expectations or even their views of what a career is inside a corporation um, versus what a generation X type of um, employee had and has because these generation X employees tend to be the leaders of today. And so they tend to be the managers of the upcoming generation. So how are you seeing that generational debate, if at all, regarding mm. career um, career expectations and how to manage that career? Social scientists rarely agree on things, but there is one thing that they're unanimous about. Millennials are also humans. Oh, wow, but, really? <laughs> they don't have chips yet in their brains. Okay, so they may come. <laughs> Uh, so terms and conditions apply, which means that uh, still, if if we look at their value system, uh, it's uh, equally spread. When we look at what drives their career decisions, it's very comparable to what the previous uh, previous generations were driven by. If we account for the time lag. So actually, what we can talk about is uh, how the world of work has changed and uh, which impact it had on people who are currently in the labor force, but not necessarily how old you are, what generation you are, because uh, I, I think that uh, we, should, uh, we, we shouldn't be hung upon this generational debate, but rather uh, ask bigger questions, such as what motivates people to what makes people to stay? What drives people towards an outcome? And what makes better leaders? And if we focus our, ourselves on that and we engage the employees and their leaders on uh, setting big stretch goals, uh, giving continuous feedback, giving people opportunity to develop the skills that they need as they pursue the uh, career target that is mutually discussed and debated uh, within the company uh, le leadership and HR. Well, that's the way how you create a great, motivated, engaged, productive workforce. And that's how you uh, help them develop the skills that they need uh, today and, and for the future. 
Now, having said that, do we see any differences uh, and uh, are there any trends or anything that we're noticing about people who are entering the workforce? Well, they are hungrier for feedback. That's one. Uh, they, uh, they, this is a generation that uh, grew up getting things delivered to them in, in, in one click. And they have, you know, the, their na- name on the, on the can of, um, of, of Coke. Uh, so it's. Well, it, it, I haven't extreme. seen my name yet on there, so obviously I'm not part of that generation. <laughs> you see, ex- extreme personalization, you know, mm-hmm. and the end of one, and everything gets delivered to you quickly. They come into the organizations and they expect big titles and, and promotions straight away. Uh, they expect feedback delivered to them daily. Uh, they expect a lot of attention and some and someone teaching and explaining them how to do. And some bosses do deliver that, but, all, but, but not everyone. And I'm not sure that that's the right way also. Because if you are expecting all of that, and continuously and very frequently, well, very soon you'll develop a reputation of being high maintenance. And that is a career trap that uh, it's very easy to get into and very hard to get out of. And, you know, and if I may add on that point, some people do it genuinely because they really feel the need of it. Some other people do it because they believe it is one of the best ways to influence and to stay, you know, at the top of the radar screen, let's say, of 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 your boss and of the boss's boss, etc., which is gaining that attention without realizing absolutely that it can backfire. Um, yeah, and, and I have a, 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 a trick there, just how to check whether the person is genuine or okay. not. Can you share the trick with the with all uh, obviously as as HR I get I get a lot of those. Of you know, or can you give me some feedback and um, how I'm doing and uh, is there any, a piece of advice? I say, oh yeah, absolutely. So here's a piece of advice, and I give them an assignment or I give them a piece of advice that's difficult to do, that requires motivation and really intentionality, and then I'm, I'll check a month later. Okay, did you take my advice or not? And if I see that the person hasn't done anything with it, well, that I, I, I make a mental mark right. mm-hmm. of it. So, uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. And feedback seeking is a great impression management tool, and it works in most cases. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a savvy leader, make it work for you. So if you see someone seeking feedback, uh, check their intentions. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe they are seeking that feedback for the purpose of, managing impressions but then use that opportunity to develop them yeah? mm-hmm. and, and 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 maybe you know even though the initial intent wasn't as pure it can still it work can, in your yes. exactly in, in your favor okay. of developing your team exactly that's a nice tip thank you for that that is a great tip actually for all the leaders out there make every encounter with your team a development opportunity for yourself and also for them Make sure you tune into part two of the conversation together with Sergey. And until the next time, as always, make sure you take good care, you stay healthy, and you stay happy. Bye.